It's the Veterans Radio Hour. Proudly supported by McDonald's and their national salute to the U.S. military. Now, stay tuned for the Veterans Radio Hour next on the TRN Talk Radio Network. Tango Charlie Bravo, you're a go for the Veterans Hour. Hi, uh, she'll have a Happy Meal and I'll have the Big Mac. Dad, when will I be old enough for a Big Mac? When you're in college. College. Now, when you register specially marked McDonald's gift certificates at youpromise.com, a portion of the value goes into a YouPromise account for a child's education. So, the more specially marked gift certificates you buy, the more you'll save for college. I want to be a doctor. Hello, gift certificates. Sign up for free and get the details at youpromise.com. We love to see you smile. Welcome, one and all, to the Veterans Radio Hour. It's our tribute to all of those who served our great nation's armed forces, past and present, and their tremendous accounts of heroic duty and bravery. With your host, Brigadier General Dave Grange. And now, coming to you live from our Veterans Center studio, here is General Dave. Good evening. Tonight, 10 November 2002, is the evening before Veterans Day. And those that have listened to our show know our program is offered to give thanks to our veterans for the blessings of liberty that they have bestowed upon us. Veterans Day recognizes the hardships and sacrifices demanded from and faithfully accepted by millions of men and women who defend our land in war and peace. Tonight's show will highlight sacrifice and duty through the stories and discussions of our selection of guests tonight. All veterans. Some of them in the audience tonight we have uh, with us. We have Don McCormick, 3rd Ranger Battalion, Hank Zirikowski, 2nd Rangers, Harold Lacrosse, 2nd Rangers, Roy Dolgus, 196th Brigade, John Hogan, 518th uh, AAA Gun Battalion in Pacific, and Dennis Winters, 3rd Winter, 3rd uh, Air Cav Battalion, just to name a few. Also, our special guest tonight is Al Lynch, Congressional Medal of Honor recipient. Tom Corey, President of the Vietnam Veterans of America. Lieutenant Colonel Retired, Friend Olivi, author and bomber pilot. And Robert Vaughn, author and helicopter pilot. Today is also the birthday of the United States Marine Corps, 227 years old. And we will celebrate with the Marine birthday cake in the studio here tonight. Kenny, to you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that piece of cake, I'll tell you. Everybody, if you'd like, you can call in right now, 866-928-2329. That's a toll-free number. If you're listening to us around the world, 37 countries last week, on our Internet website, veteransradiohour.com, go down to our discussion board chat room and plug on in and chat away, and we're going to move on forward now with the show. General Dave. Normally, every show, we dedicate uh, each and every show to a fallen comrade one who has served and who has been killed in action or died subsequently from their wounds. But tonight we're going to dedicate the, sh the show to all American veterans. You know there are 25.6 million living veterans, 25, over 25 million, 24 uh, men and a million and a half women. And 48 million Americans have served, 48 million 
have served since 1776. Around one million have died in combat. This year alone, our nation will bury 88,000 veterans this year alone. And the largest number of living veterans serving right now is from the Vietnam, or left from, the, from service is the Vietnam War veterans at 8.2 million. Veterans make up the majority of all men of ages 65 to 85 in the United States of America. From Omaha Beach to the Chosan Reservoir, from the Ashaw Valley to Mogadishu, from Desert Storm to Afghanistan, we must remember that tomorrow is November 11th, Veterans Day, as we recognize it today signed by President Eisenhower in 1954, because in 1918 it was known as Armistice Day. So today we call it Veterans Day, uh, enacted by Congress on June 4, 1926. Originally, this day was set aside for veterans of World War I. Now, November 11th is a day to honor all American veterans of all wars. And just for those from the state of Illinois, just so you know that Illinois itself has over one million veterans alone. That's a lot for one state. And so this leads into our quote today. And uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. Here's today's military quote of the day, brought to you with support from retired Lieutenant Colonel Dan Bogievich. The willingness with which our young people are likely to serve in any war, no matter how justified, shall be directly proportional as to how they perceive the veterans of earlier wars were treated and appreciated by their nation. Okay, we're going to go back to our guests now, our special guest in the studio. Uh, we have three in the studio with us. We have Robert Vaughn, author of Touch the Face of God, his most recent book. He also wrote Andersonville, which a uh, TV miniseries was made after, and uh, Valkyrie Mandate, which was nominated for a Pulitzer Prize. Robert was inducted into the Writers Hall of Fame in 1998. Uh, he's a retired Army warrant officer, helicopter pilot. He's had three tours in Vietnam, was awarded the Distinguished Flying Cross, and recipient of a Purple Heart. Tom Corey is on the telephone with us. He joins us tonight. He's the president of the Vietnam, Vietnam Veterans of America. He's an Army draftee from 1967. He was in the 1st Cavalry Division, wounded in combat, currently a quadriplegic from that action. We have in studio with us Lieutenant Colonel Retired, Fred Olivi, author, Decision at Nagasaki and Mission That Almost Failed. He was a co-pilot on a B-29 boxcar that dropped the second atomic bomb in Nagasaki, Japan, 9 August 1945. He was also awarded the Distinguished Flying Cross. And then again, for the second time with us, we're honored to have Al Lynch, Congressional Medal of Honor recipient. He's a Veterans Policy Advisor for the Attorney General of the State of Illinois. So we'll go right into with our guest here tonight. And uh, I would uh, first like to ask uh, Robert Vaughn about his most recent uh, book that he that he wrote, "Touch the Face of Touch the Face of God." Robert, could you tell the uh, tell the audience uh, the, the purpose of that book and really how it's tied to the story about a young pilot in World War II? I. Uh I've long been interested and fascinated with World War II as a, as a historical study. And I met a man who ha had been a B-17 pilot during World War II. He had flown 
35 missions by the time he was 22 years old. And he kept a mission diary, and he made that mission diary available to me. And I was so intrigued by the diary that I developed this novel. And it is a novel. It's not a story about him. But it is a novel that uses his diary as the matrix around which the story is constructed. Yeah, it's uh, uh, the book. Robert has the book in here tonight. And uh, it looks like a fascinating book. And, and he's published, uh, I believe, what, over 25? 250. 250. I'm sorry, 250 publications, and uh, he, he's been writing for quite a while, recognized uh, in several different audiences, and so we're happy to be with him tonight. So so anyone that wants to uh, send in over email or, or call in to ask a question about any of Robert's uh, writings that you know about, uh, whether it be the Touch uh, the Face of God from World War II or, or some of his other stuff, please, please do so. I'd like to go now t for a moment to uh, Tom Corey, President of the Vietnam Veterans of America. Tom, are you with us, sir? I am. Good evening. Thank you for, for joining us. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. I know in, uh, in Washington, as an example, uh, this, this, uh, this weekend. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm a member of the Vietnam uh, Memorial Fund with Jan Scruggs. Uh, corporate council, and I know there's a lot going on there, and because most of our listeners actually are, are Vietnam veterans, uh, I'd like to ask you if you'd like to pass on a, a word to your to your fellow Vietnam veterans about uh, tomorrow. Well, thank you. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Vietnam Veterans America is marching, uh, referring to as the March to Remember, and we're going to be marching down Constitution Avenue tomorrow morning from 7th Street uh, down to the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. We're going to, uh, again, march to remember those who served and those who returned and are still suffering from things as a result of their service, whether it be Agent Orange or Gulf War illness or anything. We've invited all veterans to join us in the march. We have over 65 units uh, that are related to uh, military service that have responded and are planning on marching with us tomorrow besides all those from different states. And uh, I'll be out front with uh, General Hal Moore and uh, some others in uh, the first Cav Color Guard uh, after our Vietnam Veterans America Color Guard. And again, we're trying to, to put on this march to not only recognize the service of those that are still with us today, but those that recently passed uh, as a result of their service, those that still remain missing, uh, and those who are serving today to remind them that we're here and we're going to recognize uh, what they're doing for us today, and they won't be forgotten wherever they're going to go off to in this world. Yeah, that, that um, I'm glad to hear you also have. I think Joe Galloway's going with Hal Moore as well. Absolutely, he's yeah. with us too. That's great. They'll be with us next week here, and uh, one in the studio, one on a on a telephone, to talk about we were soldiers uh, that fight in uh, in Vietnam with the first Cav. Um, I'd like to turn now for a moment to uh, to uh, Fred Olivi, uh, author of Decision in Nagasaki, a mission that almost failed. Uh, Fred, why why do you say why did it almost fail? because we almost bought the farm because of the, the fact that the things that happened on our mission. Uh, the Hiroshima mission was a perfect mission. Colonel Tibbets took off from Tinian, and uh, he hit his target, Hiroshima, no problems. With us, it was a different story. We were snake bit, it seemed to me, because three or four different things happened that almost did us in. Like, uh, as an example? Well, we almost ran out of gas. We almost were engulfed by the 
radioactive uh, mushroom cloud that uh, came up to our altitude of 30,000 feet, and uh, we had a problem, almost lost the airplane landing on, uh, on uh, Okinawa because we were short of gasoline. So uh, it was an exciting mission. Yeah. Well, we'll come back to you. I'm sure there's some more questions for you. Fine. Um, Al, uh, you know, because of your, your, your combat experience and the work you've done in Illinois and, and uh, uh, you know, you've been, we've been a lot of different functions, uh, same type of functions here, here in the state. Um, what, uh, what I'd like to ask you is if you could relate to me some, as a veteran, as an American veteran, an experience as uh, dear to your heart from your service to your nation. Well, the um, the first uh, friend I lost, uh, Jerry Bryans, uh, came in country with me, and he was only in country I think 45 days before he got hit. Uh, actually, got hit by friendly fire. Um, kid from New York uh, shot him by accident, but. You know, that's, that's the guy that I remember when I think of Vietnam, when I think of all of the firefights, all of the other stuff. He was the first death that was real up close and personal to me. And uh, he's buried over here in Warrenville, uh, Illinois. And I go out there a couple times a year to visit his grave and to, to reminisce a little bit with him. Yeah, it, uh, you know, most of us here at the table and even in, in the audience as well have, uh, have lost dear friends. Uh, comrades of arms uh, in different uh, combat situations or in, even in training. And so uh, it makes uh, Veterans Day tomorrow dear to, dear to our hearts and uh, it's a very important date, very important date. Uh, I'd like to just break for a second and go to a call in from a Jay Greeley if he's available. If not, uh, then we'll go back to the discussions. Is Jay Greeley on? Okay. Is it technical? Please? Yeah, Jay. Now you gotta wait till he's red. Okay, let me let me. Uh, okay, let me go. Let me go back to uh, to uh, Robert Vaughn on uh, on the on the book about the, uh, the young bomber pilot. Uh, wasn't this before this uh, pilot was 22 years old? He had an extraordinary number of missions already under his belt. Sorry. Uh, yeah, when he arrived, they were only supposed to do 25 missions, and he got to about uh, mission 19, and uh, then they said that anyone who had done 20 or more uh, would be able to complete 25 missions and return, but anyone uh, with uh, less than 20 would have to go 35 missions. He had 19 yes. missions, <laughs> so he uh, he was bumped up to the to uh, 11 more missions to complete. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now we got now we got Jay because I want to get some interaction here from uh, from the uh, the audience out there, the listeners. Jay, are you with us? Yeah, I'm with you. Can you hear me? Uh, we have we have you loud and clear. Do you have a, oh, a comment or a question for one of our guests? Well, I just want to uh, thank them for their service. Uh, something that Steve Ambrose uh, said: freedom isn't free. And I think we need to keep reminding people that. Uh, the sacrifices that a lot of our family members have made. Um, you know, I just go back to World War II in Korea. I've got uh, two uncles, one uh, James E. Greeley, who uh, served under Terry Allen in the 104th Timberwolf Division, who has uh, since passed away, but 
did his duty as a uh, S3. And uh, James Crowley, my uncle, who was born at St. Anne's Hospital in Chicago, he survived Pork Chop Hill, one of 18 guys that came down off of that from his battalion. Um, those were tough, tough, uh, tough guys, and they're right there from the Milwaukee, Chicago area. Uh, what about uh, you're in what, Northern Virginia? Yes, sir. What, do you, what, is, what is your plans uh, in your area for uh, Veterans Day? Well, uh, we've got uh, quite a few uh, friends right now that are uh, over in uh, uh, in the cemetery there. We've got uh, Bob Jakes and uh, some other folks that uh, I've served with here and uh, thinking about uh, going over there and, uh, and visiting with them and uh, say a little prayer. Yeah, well, that's, uh, again, uh, you're also, you've uh, served, uh, you're, you have served as well, correct? Uh, yes, sir. I uh, served uh, as a, uh, on active duty with the 2nd Armored Division, the 82nd Airborne, uh, in the Reserves and in the Guard with the 49th Armored Division, 3 Corps, 5th Army, and uh, with uh, U.S. Army Europe, I uh, was in uh, the Desper and uh, also served uh, the Big Red One uh, from uh, in Bosnia and, uh, uh, as you well know, uh, was your RCLNO. Well, I know your Bosnia service, and I guess you were yeah. activated from re reserve status for that, though, right? That, that's correct, sir. Yeah. Just, right. just before I was ready to retire, I came back and uh, put in a year over there, and and it was a great year. Uh, we uh, we did a lot of service for the soldiers. My uh, unique position uh, was to uh, take care of our reserve and guard and make sure that the orders were correct and that they were getting paid. Uh, when we first got there, we had something like 3,500 uh, reserve and guard soldiers with the wrong orders, and we got that fixed. And then we went out, and um, I wanted to mention that uh, Ken Bird is now working with us on the civilian side. He was our Tuzla airfield commander. He uh, provided me all of my escort service. I used all of his SPs and put about 42,000 miles in each one of his vehicles going around making sure we had the mail and uh, the, the food and you know, uh, to the Polish battalion. We used to make uh, Coke runs down there, and we would take the nurses down to uh, check folks out. Hey. So we, we did a lot of good stuff, and we, we, uh, we made sure it all happened. Uh, it was uh, really great under uh, Colonel Marich and uh, Colonel Robinson. Well, Jay, thank you for your service. We appreciate it uh, immensely. Good yeah, thank you, sir. All right, good night to you. Okay, I'd like you. to turn it to Tom Corey on the line with us and, and, and get a get Tom's uh, most memorial, memorable experience, memorable experience uh, when he served the armed forces, Tom? Uh, well, there's a lot of them, and I <clears throat> had the opportunity to go over to the First Cav Union uh, last night and ran into some guys that were there the, the day that I was wounded. I haven't been able to find anybody to date, and uh, these guys um, were very happy to see me, and they, one of the ones that said they put me on the stretcher on board the chopper um, told me to look better today than we did then. And the time they loaded me, I was dead, so I guess I did look a lot better. But I, there were so many experiences that, that I had in, uh, in my service and guys that I served with that were killed while we were in action in different areas in Vietnam and 
I remember those guys, and I remember them when we're going to march tomorrow. And those that that survived, those guys I was with last night, and the guys at the, the Grand Valley dinner that we had last night here in Washington, and uh, the guys that can't join us for whatever reason because of illnesses are past president George Duggan. There's so many of them today that are are having problems and, uh, related to their service, and I, I guess that's what what I remember most. They're still with us, and I I hope that they'll be with us next Veterans Day. And again, those those that are serving today and where uh, we're marching to from on Constitution to the Vietnam Veterans Memorial to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the memorial the dedication. Well, Tom, I, I tell you, I'm uh, I'm very proud to uh, be a Vietnam veteran with you. And Thank you. So, and I, uh, uh, we got guys like Al Lynch and other guys on the on this line with us that are uh, friends of mine and guys that uh, help us get other guys recognized uh, for the service to, to their country, and hopefully we can get um, our country to recognize that service and uh, take care of the things that that we need, those that are that are ill as a result of the service and need health care uh, from the Veterans Administration. And well, I think, I think Tom Al wants to say hello to you. How you doing, Tom? How's everything? Great. Good to hear your voice. Good to hear yours. So you're over at the uh, reunion last night? I was. Uh, I wish I could have been there. I wish you could have, too, and some other people that, that you and I know over the years. Um, Okay, well, we thank you very much, Tom and Al. We're going to go to a support message now, uh, thanking everybody, all the vets and the families and friends. We've got a nice studio audience here tonight with us. For the veteransradiohour.com, those of you that are online with us, we thank you, too. Keep sending in those uh, chats that are coming through for us. And, again, you can call that toll-free number, 866-928-2329. We've got to thank a few people tonight that have been helping to support and keep us going like the National Vet Vietnam Veterans Art Museum in Chicago, our good friend Richard Hackett, who is here. He's been doing a lot for us lately now. And the City of Chicago Veterans Council, what a great, unique organization, probably the best veterans group in the United States uh, run by a city. Uh, live in our audience, we've got some really nice people uh, that brought us a beautiful birthday cake, a piece of cake is the name of the the bakery out in East Dundee. It's uh, our little birthday surprise we got coming for the Marines a little bit later. Join in, be involved with us, help uh, continue making it all happen. This is the Veterans Radio Hour right now. Soldier, the Veterans Hour with General Dave will settle in again after a short break break on the Talk Radio Network. The Veterans Hour now returns to full readiness on the TRN Talk Radio Network. The Veterans Hour proudly presents our military hero story of valor. Since 1863, the United States has awarded 3,456 medals of honor. Only 147 of those recipients are alive today. 
as of uh, this month, November. Tonight, our hero is going to be one of our guests in the audience, Al Lynch, Sergeant, 1st Cavalry Division, Valor on December 1967, Vietnam. Sergeant Lynch, that time a Specialist Ford, distinguished himself while serving as a radio telephone operator of Company D near the village of Mayan. His unit became heavily engaged with a numerically superior enemy force. Observing three wounded comrades lying exposed to enemy fire, Sergeant Lynch dashed across 50 meters of open ground through a withering hail of enemy fire to administer aid. Reconnoitering a nearby trench for a covered position to protect the wounded from intense hostile fire, he killed two enemy soldiers at point-blank range. With the trench cleared, he unhesitantly returned to the fire-swept area three times to carry the wounded men to safety. When his company was forced to withdraw by the superior firepower of the enemy, Sergeant Lynch remained to aid his comrades at the risk of his life rather than abandon them. And the Rangers, you call this, never leave a fallen comrade. Although Sergeant Lynch, alone Sergeant Lynch, defended his isolated position for two hours against the advancing enemy, using only his rifle and a grenade, he stopped them just sort of short of his trench, killing five. Again, disregarding his safety in the face of withering hostile fire, he crossed 70 meters of exposed terrain five times to carry his wounded comrades to a more secure area. Once he had assured their comfort and safety, Sergeant Lynch located the counterattacking friendly company to assist in directing the attack and evacuating the three casualties. His gallantry at the risk of his life is of the highest traditions of the United States Army. The Veterans Radio Hour salutes the Active Service Person of the Week, made possible through the support of Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer. As they say, PBR me, ASAP. Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer, available at your local retail outlet. Okay, tonight we're going to salute Army Private First Class Jay Gregory, posted in Bagram Air Base in Afghanistan. He's a member of the 82nd Airborne Division, an 11B infantryman. Currently an M249er light machine gunner, otherwise known as a saw, a saw gunner. That's a squad automatic weapon. He's uh, on the base uh, quick reaction force. They defend the base against any kind of intrusions or they move out to rescue any downed helicopter or ambush site uh, people in, in harm's way. He's from Brooksville, Florida. He says, it's not always easy over here, but we have a very tight knit unit. We are like brothers, so we all try to keep each other's spirits up. PFC Gregory will be deployed through Christmas, and he gives his best to his two younger brothers and misses his mom's cooking. We salute you, Hua. Okay, now I'd like to go back to our to our guest, and what I would like to do is uh, is ask Fred, and uh, Fred Olivier is uh, was uh, wrote the wrote the book uh, a, a Decision in Nagasaki, uh, the mission that almost failed. He was a, he was the co-pilot on that mission. And I would like to ask Fred to relate to us uh, one of his most uh, memorable experiences in service to this nation. Well, I think the most memorable uh, experience is the fact that I was assigned to the 509th Atomic Group. That was a big surprise to me because uh, I had gotten my wings in August of 1944, and in uh, February of 1945, I was part of the 509th atomic group, the first atomic group that uh, was put together. 
And uh, to me, I was surprised that I was part of it because I didn't think I'd even see combat at that late stage of the game. But outside of that, uh, things happened, and that's the way it went. Yeah, uh, I just uh, that had to be a, also being a member of that group, and then uh, of course being selected to be on uh, that mission it had to be an extraordinary event in anybody's life. Uh, uh, devastating. Um, it's terrible that uh, we had to do something like that to cause that, that many people to lose their life. However, it did end the, the war, and many say saved yes. many more lives because of that action. It saved a lot more American lives, not even counting Japanese lives, of course. Yeah, I'd like to turn uh, to, to Robert Vaughn again uh, uh, with us tonight. And uh, as we said earlier, he's an author of over 250 uh, books. Uh, his last one, Touch the Face of God, it's about a World War II uh, pilot as well, but in a European theater. Uh, but he, you know, uh, Robert was also a helicopter pilot, uh, Vietnam uh, veteran, and uh, and he also uh, you wrote a book about helicopter pilots, did you not as well? Um, I wrote a book called Brandywine's War, which was uh, a, an iconoclastic look at helicopter flying during the war. It was sort of a, uh, had a lot of uh, humor, but it was a type of humor that you, that, that was in MASH, sort of uh, black humor, as it were. But uh, it, it, uh, it uh, told it from the perspective of warrant officers. So. Uh, all of your listeners out there who are warrants, and especially uh, rotary wing warrants, uh, some of you, uh, if you're non-vets, may uh, remember this book. And even if you're not, uh, this is a book that uh, told the story from the warrant officer's perspective. And you don't often get a warrant officer's perspective in fiction. In movies, you rarely see a warrant officer in a movie. But I promise you, there are warrant officers in the military. <laughs> Well, having been a flight platoon commander, believe it or not, I used to fly helicopters at one time. I'm quite antiquated at that skill. But, uh, of course, most of your force is made up of warrant officers. Right. And uh, they're really the guys that know how to fly, and they just kind of carry the officers along in most cases. So understand that and a recommended read to anybody that uh, is interested in, uh, in uh, uh, warrant officers, uh, helicopter pilots in, in Vietnam, uh, which is still... Uh, quite dependent upon uh, today's army. I'd like to turn now to another in-audience guest. I mentioned him earlier. It's a 3rd Ranger Bat Battalion veteran, World War II, Don McCormick. And uh, and Don, uh, like I said, was the 3rd Rangers, and they fought in places like Anzio and uh, in Italy and, and some other and also in uh, um, some other places during uh, World War II. Uh, he's a Ranger comrade of mine, and. Uh, and Don, how are you tonight, sir? Okay, General. How are you? I'm fine. Good. And and, uh, and Don, I, if you don't mind, if you could share uh, the evening before Veterans Day a story with uh, with our listeners about uh, service to the United States. Well, I'd like to go back to the time at Angelo Beachhead, where we were assigned to take command of a uh, town of Casterna that was controlling two highways, the casino. And we infiltrated all night and got there early in the morning, and we walked right into a trap where the Herman Goring Armored Infantry Division pulled in the two days before that our uh, intelligence didn't know about. And we fought all day until about 1 o'clock, and I gave up and because out of ammunition and everything. And uh, then I was uh, 
transported back to Rome. We walked around the Colosseum for propaganda purposes. And I'd like to give a, a lot of thanks to those over 300 Rangers that gave their life that day to help to keep us all free today. It's, uh, we, did, we did a good job. We did our job right, and I think they, they deserve the power of applause for everybody to, to give that their uh, uh, thanks for giving their life for our country. Well, well thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate it, Don, and uh, I'm, I'm proud to be a fellow Ranger with you. Uh, I'd like to go back to Robert just for a moment. Ro Robert, uh, you've uh, uh, how about a story uh, that you'd like to share, either uh, solemn, humorous, whatever, of uh, your service to the nation? Well, my job primarily was uh, if a helicopter would go down, uh, I was a recovery officer, and we would put a crew on the ground. They would rig the helicopter to sling load it back. We would then call in the Chinook to pick it up and take it back. Our motto was you crash and call, we dash and haul. And, uh, <laughs> and so uh, one day we were rigging a helicopter, and normally you'd have a platoon of grunts on the ground to uh, uh, provide us with security. And uh, a VC stood up and held his hands up and surrendered right in front of us. And uh, the uh, platoon leader of the, of the grunts who were there um, asked if we would take him back. And we told him that we had no, uh, we were not equipped to take a prisoner back. Uh, but his position there was very tenuous. We had to get the, the prisoner back, so finally he talked us into it. So we put him in the aircraft and asked the door gunner to uh, keep an eye on him. We took off and we were headed back, and the door gunner said, Chief, we, I don't have a handgun. So I told this W-1 to uh, give the door gunner his handgun. And so the W-1 pulled the pistol out of his holster, but he couldn't reach the door gunner. So he gave it to the VC and pointed to the door gunner and said, give it to him. <laughs> Which the VC had had enough. <laughs> so he did. <laughs> well, thank goodness. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, I'm going to go a little bit uh, more recent times. And we have another audience guest we just uh, no-noticed and pulled him up here with a tasker. And uh, that's uh, Harold Lacasse from the 2nd Ranger Battalion. He served there from 1980 to 83. Uh, Harold, you with us? Yes, sir, I am. Yeah. Uh, how about you? You got a story to share? I'd like to say that I was privileged to be a member of the 2nd Ranger Battalion, and I asked to come up here by Henry Zawoski, who was a member of the 2nd Ranger Battalion June 6, 1944. Uh, something I was very privileged and honored to do to explain our bond as Rangers a young ranger during the selection process gave his life trying to become a ranger in about 1982. We were deployed out of country. When we returned, we were informed of this young man's untimely death. I was selected as a member of his honor guard, and I was a rifleman in that, that honor guard. And to me, he gave his life as a ranger attempting to become one. That just simply explains the bond that we have, sir. I, I don't think I can explain that anymore. I've had many, many experiences over five years involved between all three ranger battalions i could go on all time well you don't you don't have to explain it to me i understand it and i know you're feeling and uh my heart's bonded sir yeah and you got your uh, blackberry on tonight Pua. thank Pua, you sir rangers lead away all the way okay i think now it's time uh, i'm anxious for that piece of cake from east md i'll tell you but it's time for that mcdonald's veteran of the week 
This is somebody special that we just want to recognize today. And General Dave, it's all yours. Okay, well, McDonald's Veteran of the Week, and this is a great problem McDonald, uh, uh, program McDonald's has to take care of the veterans that serve their organization. Owner-operator Tim Johnstone served the United States Navy from 1964 to 1970 during the Vietnam War. He was stationed in Texas, Guam, Washington, and flew bombing missions in Vietnam, most often over Da Nang, and was shot down once while flying a mission. While serving his country, he learned discipline as well as a love for aviation. To this day, he will fly any type of aircraft that he's able to borrow. The largest airplane he has flown is a twin-engine Cessna. Tim owns 11 McDonald's restaurants in Panama City areas of Florida. He went uh, to work with his father, also McDonald's owner-operator, once he left the Navy. Okay, let's hear it for uh, our good friend from Florida. Tim Johnstone, who? And now a commercial from McDonald's. Welcome, class, to Daily Economics. Today's frugal foray, the dollar menu from McDonald's. Mouth-watering myth? Well, for minuscule money, you can procure a big and tasty sandwich with hearty beef, crisp lettuce, and juicy tomato. In fact, the tender McChicken sandwich and lots of your other favorites are also a buck each every day. Thus, at McDonald's, less moolah equals more ooh-la-la. Questions? Mike, will this be on the test? Not unless you're a messy eater. Got a buck? You're in luck with McDonald's dollar menu every day. Person participation may vary. At ease, soldier. The Veterans Hour with General Dave will settle in again after a short break break on the Talk Radio Network. Way anchor, mates. The Veterans Radio Hour now continues full speed ahead on the Talk Radio Network. Aye, aye, sir. And now, with the update on military news from around the world, here's General Dave reporting. Okay, as we said earlier, today is the 227th birthday of the United States Marine Corps. November 10, 1775, Continental Congress passed a resolution authorizing two battalions of Marines. Always faithful. Semper Fidelis. Marines around the world, whether it's a Marine Expeditionary Unit or a two-man guard post, one at a U.S. Embassy, they always celebrate the Marine Corps birthday. And tonight with us, we're honored to have Diane and Roger Ahrens. And they are, and, and both Roger and, and Diane both served as Marines. Diane as a military police woman and uh, Roger as a drill sergeant. Um, Roger also served two tours in Vietnam. Both of them met uh, and got married later, but met at Paris Island during training. So now what we'd like to do in the audience is go ahead and celebrate the United States Marine Corps' 227th birthday by having Diane and Roger cut the cake. Go ahead, sir. Great. From Piece of Cake in East Dundee, Illinois, what great people they are to help us out here tonight. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate Diane and Roger, and, and uh, congratulations for another birthday for the United States Marine Corps. The cake is the color of the Marine Corps. It's got the big emblem and symbol on the top. Uh, this is really a wonderful treat. Okay, I'd like to go back now uh, to, our, to our guests. Uh, just a reminder, in an audience uh, with us, we have Robert Vaughn, author of Touch the Face of God and 250 other books. We have Lieutenant Colonel Retired Fred Olivi, author of Decision at Nagasaki. We have Al Lynch from Illinois right here with us, uh, a Congressional Medal of Honor recipient. And on the phone, we have Tom Corey, the president of the Vietnam Veterans of America. And what I'd like to do now is go to each of our special guests and ask them to give their message to 
other fellow veterans of the United States or American citizens. So first I'll go to Tom Corey. Tom, do you have a message, sir? I do, Dave, and I, I not only happy birthday to all the Marines, but to all those that served, I, I hope that all of you can feel proud this Veterans Day for the service you gave to your country, and recognizing those that served today and let them know that we're supporting them 100%. And no matter what happened during our time in service, uh, we did our job that our country asked us to do, and we, we should be proud of that, and we hope that you can get out and get involved in a celebration in your community if you're not here in Washington to join us in this march, but we'll be remembering all of you for what you did for your country, and hopefully our country will remember us in the, in the future. Thank you. Well, thank you, Tom, from Veterans Radio Center here in uh, Downers Grove, Illinois, and also thank you for leading us, your fellow Vietnam veterans of America. Thank you. Okay, uh, I'm going to go back to now Al Lynch. Al, your, uh, your uh, story, please, your message. I think that there are, there are two holidays that, that veterans should use as kind of a, a touchstone. Um, the first, of course, is Veterans Day, and the second is Memorial Day. And these are days that we should really not only pause to remember our, our fallen comrades and, and be proud of our service to our country, but also should be a time when we focus again on, on what our country stands for, what we fought for, what our friends and our brothers died for and sisters died for and get out and start taking care of our kids and teaching them those values, uh, freedom, democracy, justice, citizenship, those kind of things. Thank you, Al. We, uh, we appreciate it. And, uh, it's well said. It's a citizenship responsibility for every American. And uh, they, that should be something that's taught in all the schools. And there's several good programs out now for veterans uh, to help do that. I'd like to turn now to Lieutenant Colonel Retired Fred Olivi uh, for his comments, sir. Yeah, I'd like to salute the uh, veterans, of course. I have to say I have to take my hat off to the infantrymen because their type of living or fighting was a lot different than mine. Uh, they were mixed up with the elements wherever they happened to be, and uh, to me, anytime I go and speak somewhere, uh, I inadvertently have uh, met these infantrymen, and I have nothing but uh, honor and, and praise for them because their type of war was a lot different than mine, and I wish the, the veterans the best of everything. Well, thank you, Fred. That's, uh, I'm sure the grunts appreciate your your comments. Robert Vaughn, your uh, closing comments, sir. I have a perspective on veterans in general, all veterans. I personally believe that the Cold War from 1949 to 1989 will be regarded uh, in, in the future as and we won World War III, and Vietnam and Korea were successful campaigns of that war. But every veteran who served during that time, whether you were walking guard at 2 o'clock in the morning at Fort Riley, Kansas, or on board a destroyer in 1957 uh, peeling chipping paint, or flying on some uh, Air Force airplane supporting Operation Sagebrush or Swift Strike or something like that, they were participants in helping secure victory for World, for World War III. And so when I respect and honor veterans, I'm respecting and honoring every veteran, no matter uh, what, where they served. Well, I'll tell you, that's a, that's a great point, and I agree with you. Uh, you know, my wife served for nine years. She wasn't in a war, but uh, she was in a Cold War. 
And so, you know, it counts. Okay, I want to close now with a, a few comments. You know, Veterans Day is an opportunity to publicly commemorate the contributions of living veterans. It is a day to review memories of past honor and extraordinary sacrifice. Our show tonight was to provide everyone we at Veterans Radio Hour were able to touch tonight. Remember the verse scrawled on the side of a sentry station by an anonymous soldier in the army of the Duke of Marlborough over 300 years ago. God and the soldier we adore in time of danger not before. The danger over and all things righted, God is forgotten and the soldier slighted. Don't forget tomorrow morning at 11 a.m., the 11th day of the 11th month, year 2002, your Veterans Day in the United States of America. we've ended any of our shows we've uh, been in contact with a lot of different people over these last uh, and first 10 shows these last few weeks have meant a lot um, it's real interesting to hear the stories in the perspective that uh, all of you have been able to give tonight and maybe now we could expand a little bit further we're going to be live now for over oh, the next 15 minutes just straight on the internet the radio stations have now turned off but the internet is still running uh, live for us Okay, let's uh, let's go back to our special guest for a minute. Uh, there's people online listening. We can see the the uh, numbers that are that are monitoring our audio stream. Uh, you know, we have uh, at the table Vietnam veterans and World War II and a World War II veteran uh, here with us tonight. And uh, you know, it doesn't matter what what war you're in. Uh, if you're in, if you if you fought, uh, you're in harm's way, or you know someone's in harm's way. It's a, a lot of similarity. Obviously, the smell of cordite doesn't change much. Fear doesn't change much. It's there. Uh, and and so you know, Al. Um, you know what I like to do is just talk a little bit about uh, what we're doing here in Illinois, Chicago area, because. You know, it represents one of the bigger cities in the United States of America, and what we do in Illinois is probably very similar to what people do in L.A. or, mm -hmm. or New York or wherever, the, Atlanta, wherever it may be. Um, what, what's going on uh, in, in uh, Illinois right now for veterans in, in Chicago area? Well, you know, tomorrow there'll be the uh, Veterans Day ceremonies at the, the Daly Center, uh, the Vietnam Veterans, uh, National Vietnam Veterans Art Museum is presenting Alderman uh, Jim Balser with uh, their Man of the Year Award. And around the the the, uh, the city, uh, there'll be, of course, the parades and, and ceremonies uh, out in Rock, you know, Rockford tomorrow night. A, a big veterans event is going on. So, I think it's typical of 
you know, of all cities is yeah. as far as what. Uh, you know, it's uh, you know a lot of people that get a day off think it's another three-day weekend. You know, barbecue time off and that, and, and not many people remember. Maybe more so since September 11th. I don't know how long it's how powerful it is today, though. But since it's been over a year, but uh, you know, what what's the meaning of, of why this is a is a recognized uh, holiday? Uh, what is it really? What is it for? What does it mean? And it, it's uh, it's it's important. Uh, and so, you know, I know a lot of uh, other veterans groups do a couple things. Uh, Fred. Uh, Olivia and, and some of the rangers I know meet. Uh, what, what's the breakfast I went to at one time? Once a month or? Twice. Twice a month? Yeah, every two weeks. Yeah, and they get together and they, and they have breakfast and they, and they, and they swap stories and they, and they talk about their, their buddies and uh, uh, family members attend. They bring in uh, current serving uh, military. I think the one I went to even had an ROTC cadet. Uh, they do different things. Um, right now, sitting also at the, uh, at the at the table with us is uh, uh, Hank uh, Zerikowski, known as Zeke, Second uh, Ranger Battalion. Um, he uh, went ashore in Normandy uh, about what D D plus five, D plus five, and then fought in some of those areas. Um, Zeke, uh, you know, what does Veterans Day mean to you uh, from your experiences in uh, Northern France? Well. Veterans Day to me is uh, uh, in uh, thinking about the uh, the ones I served with, the ones that we left behind, and uh, quite a few of them. And uh, like I say, it uh, he gets me inside. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, and, and you know, it's the same Memorial Day. We're Memorial Day. We're concerned. You know, we're honoring those that have given the ultimate sacrifice, their life for their country. And then uh, on Veterans Day, we're honoring all those that served. And a lot of your buddies, uh, with Fred as well, you know, you have your breakfast meetings mm -hmm. uh, twice, uh, twice a month. Uh, on a Wednesday, I believe. Thursday. Thursdays. Thursdays. Uh, sorry, Thursdays. Uh, to get together and, and, and maintain that bond, that camaraderie uh, from those that have served uh, together during some really tough situations. And uh, at one time, I had the opportunity to join you. I was. It's a good feeling. It's uh, tying the, the past, the present, and the future oh, it is. together. In fact, uh, I happen to be the chapter president of the Midwest chapter. It's Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin, Indiana, and Illinois. And we have uh, groups together, you know. And we just had a reunion down in Louisiana just this last September. But uh, you know, I know you know some of my officers, Lomel. Right. Lomel. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's good to do that. I, uh, of course, I'm I'm very fortunate that I, uh, my dad was uh, also in World War II as a as a private in uh, southern France and Val Bulge, the paratrooper. Later on, as a general officer, we were in Vietnam together, and uh, uh, just uh, I kind of stole some of his things he told me that went well, and tried to ignore the things that didn't go so well for him from World War II in Korea and. Uh, use those in Vietnam, and uh, it, it definitely helped me out. Didn't mean I didn't make any mistakes, but definitely helped me out talking to some of the, to him as a, as as I would say then as an old timer. I guess I'm a little bit of an old timer now. Some of the other people in here, but uh, he he really helped me out a lot, and uh, and uh, it's just such an honor. See what what happens is, you wear a, a patch or you wear a scroll, a ranger scroll or something like that as an example, like you have on your hat right here. And what you ask yourself when you're in a current servant unit, 
you know, have I earned a right to wear that scroll? Have I earned a right to wear that patch? Whether it be the first calf, the big red one. And so you have no choice but to meet the standard. You know, you don't, you can't just not do well. You have to do well because you're living a legacy of those like the members or special guests in here tonight that came before you. You have no choice but to excel and set the standard. And so it's a very powerful uh, relationship. And that's why that uh, if you're currently serving now or just finished service with the military, you got to maintain your, your lineage, your legacy, because it's so powerful. And one of the first uh, ranger officers, new ranger officers that I met was Colonel Tex Turner. Oh, yeah, yeah. Commander Ranger Department. Right. Yeah. Great man. Great yeah. man. Yeah, uh, we know Tex, our family knows Tex Turner very well. Tough guy and a, and a great, uh, great ranger. Mm -hmm. um, do you, do you ever, Robert, do you ever have an opportunity to give some of your fellow veterans that you served with before? Or, I know you're right about some of them. Well, I, I, listening to what you all were talking about, uh, when I talk about, when I think of federal, fellow veterans, uh, I think uh, Colonel Olivi here is a fellow veteran. Uh, I, I think General Custer is a fellow veteran. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, it's just you alluded to it, you alluded to it a while ago when you said you have a legacy. We're part of a continuum. And you can just reach out and touch people who can reach out and touch people. Uh, and it, you don't have to make too many connections, really, mm -hmm. to go all the way back. I, I served at Fort Rucker in 1955 with uh, a man who had been in World War I. And he had served with people who had been in the Spanish-American War. Now, I could just reach out, and Master Sergeant Woolley, and I could reach out and touch Sergeant Woolley and because he had touched people in the Spanish-American War, and in the Spanish-American War, there were a lot of Civil War veterans. And you can just carry that on back. And we're all part of that continuum. And so when I'm, when I'm with anyone who has ever served, I'm with my fellow veterans, and I'm, I'm with, uh, you know, my brothers. There you go, brothers of arms. Roy, you with us, buddy? Yes, sir. Okay. You know, Roy uh, is quite involved with veterans in the Chicago area. Do you have anything you'd like to share with us, sir? Uh, yes. Um, tomorrow is a special day, obviously, for all veterans, and it's been not just uh, yesterday or uh, tomorrow, but uh, we've been going to ceremonies now for uh, a week and a half, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to see that uh, the community is taking uh, an active role in setting up a lot of these uh, uh, ceremonies for veterans. Like today, I was at the uh, cemetery. We had a beautiful cer a ceremony there today in the morning. And um, tomorrow, we have some uh, at Daly Plaza at 9.30, and then one at uh, the Vietnam Veterans Art Museum at 12 o'clock. And then a group of us, uh, all friends, uh, we're all going to go have, uh, after our ceremonies. We're all going to meet for lunch. and. Uh, talk war story, talk about our friends that we've lost, and uh, it's going to end uh, end up being a nice day. Yeah, okay. Well, well, thanks for sharing that with us. And I guess uh, in small towns and big towns and metropolitan areas all across America, things will happen tomorrow, and I hope so. And, that, and because of what you just said, Roy, I want to, there's an email from uh, Tom Rendell, and I want to read what he says to us. It says, ask uh, Dave Grange to mention 
that this Veterans Day is special since it's a little over a year since the latest war began. And unfortunately now, many have joined those of us, in, our civilians have joined us in uniform as veterans too. Many of our unsung heroes in this war will come from the civilian ranks. Many already have. Quite true. You know, Illinois, up to just a little while ago, had more uh, citizen soldiers mobilized in any state in the United States. California now is the lead, but it was Illinois just up until a few months ago on, on the numbers. And, uh, uh, you know, you're going to start seeing signs, uh, I'm afraid, uh, of uh, the mobilization of National Guard and Reserves uh, and bigger numbers coming up soon. Um, with possible war on the horizon, even if Iraq doesn't go down, which I think it will, but if it doesn't, uh, just the, the war against terrorist organizations, the pressure is going to continue. And I think we have to keep the momentum up because they're going to come after us if we don't. But you're going to see a lot of National Guard and Reserves mobilized because the military is so small right now, the way we spread around the world. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an amazing commitment. General, I'd like to give you a little funny story here, if I may. Oh, please. Uh, Major Sweeney was my pilot on the boxcar mission to Nagasaki. Well, the scientists used to brief us and keep us well aware of what we were getting mixed up with, and they told us the good things and the bad things about uh, uh, flying atomic material around. Well, they briefed us one day and they said that because we were around the atomic material, there's a possibility we could become sterile. Well, I was only 23 years old and it didn't make any difference to me. But uh, being the youngest fella in, in the squadron, there were older fellas that were pilots, of course, and they were concerned. And uh, the kicker is that my pilot, Major Sweeney, went home, and he had 10 kids. So that blew that theory all to hell. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Okay, we got about five more minutes uh, with our online guest. Uh, Zeke, any, anything else you'd like to share uh, with us? One is serious but comical. Uh, we were at the Battle of uh, 400 in Bergstein, Germany. It was the deepest penetration in Germany at the time. Well, we were carrying the wounded off the hill, and the hill was, they had fir trees, and they were hit by the shrapnel and cut off. So we're carrying this one fellow down the hill. His name was Dix, and uh, four of us each had a, a hand on the litter. And as we're going down to the steep hill, one of the fellows, my foxhole buddy in front of me, he slips, lets the, the handle go, and poor Dix goes rolling down the hill and swearing at us, get my helmet, this and that, and he was really banged up. We get to the bottom of the hill, we put him up on the litter, and we start running across this opening to the church. And my foxhole buddy said, uh, hey, can we stop? I want to change hands. And I said, run, you son of a buck, run. Well, anyway, I got wounded in, uh, on the 20th of December. This was, uh, uh, this was uh, December 7th. And I was in a hospital in England, and somebody said, there's a ranger down there. He says, why don't you go visit him? So I went over there, and this fellow was laying in a bed with the sides up, and I said, where'd you get hit? He says, Bergstein. I said, oh, that was bad. And he says, yeah. He said, these guys carrying me down the hill. He said, they dropped me. I said, I had to laugh. He said, what are you laughing about? I said, that was one of the guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that, that is, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Robert, um, I, I was curious, what, what did you, what all did you fly? What the uh, aircraft? Uh, well, basically, in Vietnam, I just flew the UH-1D <laughs> because that was what my, uh, my crew, uh, recovery crew, was in. Right. Uh, but uh, 
I started talking about the aircraft I flew one time to a young warrant that I met when I was signing books at Fort Campbell. And every aircraft I mentioned, he would say something like, yeah, I saw that in the museum. I, yeah, yeah, I saw that one in the museum. So like H-19s, you know, H-25s, uh -huh. H-21s. <laughs> yeah, so, you were flying for a while. So, yeah, and, uh, I, you know, I want to sh share something very quickly uh, that uh, General Beetle Smith did. Uh, uh, not that I saw him do it, but right. I mean, it's just something that he did when he was dedicating the uh, cemetery in France after World War II. And they had all the dignitaries and VIPs and, and press and, and visitors, and they had the chairs all set out. And they had the, they were, it was at the cemetery, and they had the podium. And they introduced General Beetle Smith, and he came up to the podium, and he looked out at the audience, and he said, if you will excuse me, I'm going to make my speech to the people who earned it. And he turned his back to the audience, and he delivered his speech to the, to the tombstones, to the grave markers. Uh, I've always thought that was just uh, a very classy and, and memorable oh, yeah. thing to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kenny? I should mention there's going to be, uh, uh, for you on the Internet, and those of you lucky enough to be in the Chicago area on WGN Radio tomorrow night, uh, about 6.30, I, I understand. I think 6.15 or 6.30. 6.15? Sure. Yeah. So we all like GN. We'll go on about 6 o'clock. Uh, oh, yes, we uh, do like GN, don't yeah, we? That's right. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and if you don't happen to, you know, have GN in your town, those of you who are listening to us on the Internet, you can, uh, of course, download um, WGN also on the, the Internet and listen, listen I'll there. I'll be on in, in, in Dallas, uh, Albuquerque, uh, San Francisco, Denver, Long Island, and someplace up in New England. I can't remember where. Also tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow, because the GN's going to shoot. No, it up. I. Uh, they'll be calling. Separate ones, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah I can't even now. go out and eat lunch tomorrow. That's about, okay. Like every 20 minutes. That's all right. Eating is a privilege, not a requirement. <laughs> You'll be all right. <laughs> and are there any book signings in the area too? Uh, no, I don't have any. I don't have any. I, I just signed one for you. I'm going to sign one for the general, and that'll just about do it for the <laughs> Chicago. <trip. laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, look, uh, I, again, I want to thank all of you for uh, being together tonight here. It's uh, been a great uh, experience for me, and I appreciate it. It's an honor to have all of you in here. Al again, and uh, Fred, Robert, thanks, and Zeke. It's an honor uh, to be with all you gentlemen. Yeah, it's, it's great. So, again, thank you, and thank you to the audience there that hung on with the uh, audio stream. Uh, next week, you know, we're going to do We Were Soldiers Once. Uh, we got, we're going to have Hal Moore on, and uh, Joe, Galli Joe Galloway will actually be here in the audience with us, and a few other people that were uh, involved uh, in a movie making, as well as the fight itself, and as well as the book. So, again, thank you very much, and uh, uh, all the way to you, and happy Veterans Day. Cool.